Clee, Dave. Oh, God damn it. Now I'll start that over again. Please leave this in. Passion. Analysis. Hot takes. Welcome to Political Football. And now, your hosts, Clee, Dave, and Matty What's up, everyone? Uh, welcome back to Political Football with Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice. This is Matty Ice, and before we get into today's jam-packed show, I kind of wanted to start off with uh, some personal news for me. Um, for the entirety of my time on this show, I've kind of been living with something in the background, and I don't do much in the in the way of talking about my personal life. Cleve knows that. Um, you know, I keep a lot of things very close to the vest, but uh, for the last 18 months or so, uh, my mom has been battling uh, brain cancer. She's had a brain tumor. And I think the official term is geoblastoma. And it's been quite a ride. Uh, my mom and I, if you listen to any of my other work, we have a very complicated history or you know, had a complicated history. And unfortunately, her time on this earth has ended. And uh, it ended this past Sunday, sometime at around 2.30. Um, you know, we didn't have a show last week. I was technically on vacation, but to be honest with you, it, it wasn't much of a vacation. Um, my mom was not really much of a sports person, and I understand this is a fun thing that we do. Um, you know, we, we come here to get away from the the things that ill us in life, the, the tragedies and all that. But to be honest with you, outside of the bubble of this show and any show that we do, uh, Cleve, Dave, and myself, we're all humans. We have feelings, we have loved ones, and shit is going to happen in life, whether this show is going on or not. And for me, uh, it happened over the weekend. I've spent the last two days trying to sort of find myself. I've been sort of rudderless, to be to be perfectly honest. Um, nothing really prepares you for feeling this way. I thought I was prepared. I think everybody, when they come to face something like this, feels prepared. I wasn't. Um, to an extent, I'm still not, but I also know that I need to get back to my life. I need to get back to what I know uh, she would want me to do, and that is to continue to laugh, continue to wish that they would do it in the regular season, and all of that good stuff that we bring here on the show. Um, but, you know, just to say, uh, my mom was a fighter. You know, she had cancer twice. She only made it 60 years on this earth, but they were 60 full years. Um, she was my biggest advocate even when we weren't speaking to each other. I've come to find out a lot about her since she is not here anymore. You know, uh, there's a lot of lost time that I think we we can't get back. And we can't, you know, regret, you know, there's no regrets there. It is what it is. But um, remembering her coming to T-ball games, you know, CYO basketball games. Um, Ooh being there for my first marathon it was a yeah. a moment in my life that she was there for so anyway mm-hmm. um yeah, she'll be missed for sure and um i just needed to get that out so you know to cleve and dave uh, i appreciate you giving me the space the last few days and the ability to sort of talk about it on the the front of the end of the show Absolutely. Um, I didn't. I didn't know how I'd feel about it, but um, the woman was was tough, and um, you know she she got too little time on this earth. So um, I appreciate it, and um, you know welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. 
Mm-hmm. Let me just preface by saying fuck cancer. Um, it's it's one of the things I hope is eradicated in my lifetime because it personally affected my life as well. And, uh, you know, as you said, we are human and we are like a little family in this in this, this thing. I mean, we poke fun at each other and we, we go at it. But at the end of the day, this is... This is real life stuff, guys. And, you know, I, I, I really um, appreciate you guys waiting for the show to come back versus, you know, us forcing it back. So, you know, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I am uh, very sorry to hear this, to hear this, Matt. I am uh, glad that you guys were able to start speaking again and she was able to be there for all these, these uh, important, important moments. And I think that that should give some hope and inspiration to some of the listeners who might be listening in a similar situation, either with their parents, their kids, a sibling, somebody who used to be close, you're not close anymore. You know, it's never too late. You can always work it out. You can always, you know, become family again if that's what you want to do. So I'm glad that you were able to to do that. It's funny. Yeah. One, of the, one of the cliche things people always say to you is to hug the people that you love. Um, and I think we always like, yeah, yeah, we should, you know, carpe diem and all that good shit. But I think a lot of times we don't because life gets complicated and we get caught up in doing a lot of different things in life. It's not because we don't love people or because we are actively trying, you know, not to live life to its fullest. But I think no matter what, we'll always get to the end, no matter whether it's our end or somebody else's end and wished we had the one more phone call, the one more laugh like whatever it is it doesn't matter um and you know i find myself thinking about that and there will be a lot of distractions from here on out football is getting ready to start you know we got this show and and a lot of different things and we have to lean on the people in our lives that we still have and uh, it doesn't it doesn't get any better over time i think it hurts in a different way at cleave i know that you can attest to that that every day is is a little bit better but it never fully goes away because there's a hole a gaping hole in your life that can't be filled by anybody else you know when you lose somebody that you're close to especially a parent it's just different and um yeah i don't know you know and i i don't know i just felt like yeah we need to i need to say something at the beginning of the show because it has been dominating my headspace for the last week and i'm glad that i got to see her even though she was a shell of who she was uh, that cancer took everything from her, everything yeah. from her. Yeah. And it, it's, it sucks because we can, no offense, get out a, a vaccine in a year. Um, but we can't figure out something better than, than what we have for people with cancer. And it's not like a few people get it. Hundreds of thousands of people deal with it on a yearly basis. And, um, you know, it is what it is, guys. So, you know, she'll she'll be somewhere. I don't know whatever, you know, whatever um, people believe. But I do know this. Um, I I joked offline with you guys that um, I would go there and speak my piece to her. And she would say one last thing and it would be, you know, do it in the afterlife. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) and maybe maybe that's what she's thinking right now. So, you know what? Um, We have a lot to cover. Um, We're going south this time. And uh, Dave, why don't you uh, why don't you get into some of the stuff we want to get into before we we get to our divisional breakdown? Okay, so yeah, so we have just a couple things to talk about real quick before we get into the uh, the divisional breakdown here. And quickly, I want to revisit what we said in the last episode about the two northern divisions. The first being the AFC North, 
since we recorded that show, J.K. Dobbins, the starting running back for the Ravens, has torn his ACL and is out for the season. So I want to officially, before the season begins, change my stance to the Cleveland Browns winning the division. I think the teams are that close together that one injury like that before the season starts flips it for me. So, like, I think the Ravens are still very good, but I think the Browns are officially the team I want to take to, to win the division. Cleve, am I allowed to do that? Yes, sir. Absolutely. You know, outside of our own personal fandom, the, the rest of the league is fair game. And you guys heard me say it on the last show, I thought Cleveland, when we did the analysis and breakdown, I thought Cleveland was better suited only because of the, the sample that they gave us against the Chiefs. Like, I was like, wow, this is, if they get going, this is what we could get out of this team. So yeah, I see that. And speaking of these injuries, so you guys, I know we talked about this last season. So what level of play do you want these guys to play in the preseason? Like, do you think the guy should sit the entire preseason or or what? Because this is Matt, obviously affects their season. Matt, you go first because I've got a piping hot take about this. <laughs> so, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, it wouldn't bother me in the least if players on my team didn't play in the preseason at all. I mean, I get that there's there's a line to be drawn of as to what you're doing, but um, clearly, I think we all know that um, John Harbaugh is a do it in the preseason kind of guy. I think I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. So my take might not be as hot as I thought because Matt pretty much said the exact same thing. However, <laughs> however, I I think not only do I have a preference that none of my players play in the preseason, like the ones that are like the ones that are already going to make a team, they have an established role, whatever. I think that it's actually coaching malpractice to play them. Yeah. I think that it's the wrong thing to do the first season of the first game of the season is your preseason game and everybody's just on the same page then because nobody plays their guys in the preseason right and losing jk dobbins because he had to get carries in the third preseason game like his role is his role he played last year he's got nothing to prove he's not fighting for a roster spot like there's there's no reason for him to be for him to be playing you know i just you know, if it were the NBA, he would not have been in the summer league. Like, why is he playing? I don't I don't understand it. So, yeah, no, I think that it's terrible. Every single time I see a player playing in the preseason that, like, is it going to be working at UPS in two weeks? I'm like, what are you doing? That Dave, Dave actually took my take because I 100% wholeheartedly agree with that. And I'll even go further to say, like, I would have them play a series, if anything. Like, you you don't need carries in the preseason. If it's, a, if it's an unproven rookie or undrafted guy, or a low-pick rookie, play all you want. But I'm not going to play Trevor Lawrence in three preseason games for a quarter when I know what I got. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. that's that's how I feel about it. So I totally agree with you guys. Well, Dave. So, well, what, what, what about in the case where you have a quarterback controversy? Or not controversy, but you need to make a choice. Like, I think the Patriots knew what they had in, in Cam. Like, does Cam need to play in the preseason? Not necessarily, no. but... Um, but when you have a choice to make, is there something to be said to have at least both guys go out there with with the first, you know, with with some of the guys, you know, you know what I mean? Like, where's the line on that? Because I think a lot of guys we know will make the team, but obviously, you know, there's there's times in which a guy like a Jimmy G, Trey Lance situation, for instance, like don't they know what they have from Jimmy G? Does he need to play at all to be able to this make what, that evaluation? This yeah, this is what I'm saying. Like like Dave said, like if 
and and I use the Cam and Mac situation. We we have ton of tape on on Cam, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. We have a ton of tape on him already. So, like, if he gets a series or two, great. But Mac's gonna have to play to show us. Listen, we're gonna need you to 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 dethrone the guy that has the spot right now. Because if 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 Cam goes out, like that's an experienced quarterback in your system already. You know who's gonna be the backup now. But it's like I I want to see my rookie perform. So I actually so a couple things to Matt's question. If somebody has an established role on the team, they don't need to play in the preseason. The Patriots quarterback situation was not established. Therefore, it's okay for them to play because they're yeah. not established. However, yeah. so like when you look at something like Jimmy G and Trey Lance, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Cam Newton, and Mac Jones, I don't think it's the rookie that needs to play in the preseason. It's the veteran because the rookie is there to replace the veteran. So you need to see if the veteran can still do it. Like, for example, if you play Cam and he's terrible, that's how you know you have to go to Mac Jones, right? It's not that Mac Jones plays so well. You're going to Mac Jones eventually, hell or high water, right? So the question is, is Cam able to do it? So for me, I would be playing Cam and Jimmy G and Andy Dalton. And the Bears did this right. They played Andy Dalton. He was terrible. And that's that's about to be that. So you know, I think that these coaches do the preseason wrong most most of the time. And if there was a fourth preseason game on Labor Day weekend, Mac would not be playing now because his roles is established. They'd be playing whoever the new backup is going to be um, instead. I think it's great, Dave, that you are so excited about having an absolutely blistering take and I just baking soda all over your grease fire take. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how universal that opinion was i know we don't want to like as fans we don't want to risk our players ever so like it makes sense that as like as a fan that we don't want our players to play in the preseason i mean like i think it's actually incorrect and wrong for coaches to do and like they should be judged harshly for doing it here's a here's something that no one considered so obviously bb and and uh and my guy down in alabama are good friends mac comes from alabama cam is an auburn guy <laughs> there was a call made like what do you think of Mac coming in da, 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 da. and we got an Arbin guy here he's like you know what fuck him let's play let's play Mac I think it was I'm, more I'm... that Cam went like two for ten <laughs> against the Giants starters the other night <laughs> <laughs> that, that would that, that would be my guess yeah and so and so yeah so now that we got you know Cam getting cut right so and Mac Jones is gonna be the starter you know, man, I I, I want to hear your opinion on this as the as the Patriots guy here. But to me, like, I personally think that they just didn't want to have Cam around. I think his like his COVID anti-vax nonsense. He's got to constantly be getting tested all the time. You're the backup quarterback. Like if he's close to somebody, he's got to be gone for the week. Like I just think they didn't want to, have to deal with him anymore once they made the decision to go to Mac. But uh, Matt, what do you think? Uh, first of all, I think, Cleve, you know that Nick Saban doesn't have time to field those phone calls from Bill Belichick because he's too busy professoring uh, morality 101 down at Alabama. So he doesn't really have time in between his teaching duties at the institution of education that he works at uh, in order to take, take a football phone call. But as far as Cam and Mac is concerned, um, I, I, I honestly believe that Bill Belichick drafted Mac Jones, I think, knowing he wanted to start him. I think it was a matter of when, as you said. And looking at the preseason, I think that you can put aside some of the COVID extracurriculars 
if you're looking at Cam looking like Cam. And I just don't think he ever looked like Cam. I'm not saying that he's washed, but Bill Belichick is 70. He doesn't have time to fuck around anymore. And they drafted Mac Jones to be the guy. And, you know, if you're looking at all the other stuff that comes along with Cam, I mean, from every account, he was a good teammate. You know, he was coachable while he was there. But the COVID stuff matters now because, unfortunately, it's still here. And forfeitures are going to potentially happen this year. And I think we talked about last week some teams that would be good candidates for that. I think you, Dave, I think you said the Ravens were, were a candidate, were a team that could potentially have forfeitures or the something Vikings. like that. Vikings, Vikings, okay, right, there you go. So that could matter. And if you're Belichick, you're like, I don't really want to have to deal with that when maybe Cam is the only guy on the offense that's not vaccinated or re- re- won't get it. You know what I mean? And then it's like, why should we have him around when we got you know Mac Jones, who is, and we're not going to lose, we're not going to lose games from COVID. We'll lose him on the field, which is where you want to lose him. You don't want to lose him in scheduling nightmare hell because you can avoid that. Like you can 100% avoid that. Uh, and the other thing I think is, uh, Bill Belichick went to sleep after the third preseason game and looked at Tom Brady's combine photo and then looked at a photo of Mac Jones and said, we got our guy. <laughs> okay, Cleve, I, I, Cleve I, have, I have a bet for you. Okay, let's go. Best two out of three of the following stat categories. Passing yards, passing touchdowns, and fewest interceptions. I want Tua. Do you want Mac Jones? Yeah, I'll take Mac. Okay, so most passing touchdowns, most passing yards, fewest interceptions. Whoever wins two out of three wins the bet. Okay. And I got Tua, same division. Yeah, yeah, we got the – so Matt's the record keeper of this, so he has the tape to roll it back. You know, I got a lot of responsibility on this show. I got to make imaging for all these new segments that we're doing. <laughs> I got to keep keep track of the Lions' win total, which should hopefully only take like two or three notches this year. Yeah, that, um, that won't be hard. <laughs> I got something uh, for you. Doing the regular season. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> all right. So, um, Dave, I wanted to ask you, uh, some of the other rookie quarterbacks, obviously Fields has looked good, but I think he's played against – probably guys that are not going to make the squad, but I think you still saw what you were looking to see out of him as far as skills are concerned. Uh, what about Trevor Lawrence? He seems to have gotten better uh, as the games have gone on. And do you make anything of him, uh, you know, playing against of the same caliber of, um, of competition in the preseason, but his team should be way worse than the bears. So I think when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, we really, really have to keep in mind because like the last year, the COVID year was so weird and he was like always going to be the number one pick. So like it wasn't really sexy to talk about him all that much. Like we're talking about an Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, John Elway level prospect here. I mean, he is, he was the number one player in middle school, the number one player in high school, the number one player in college, the number one player in the draft. Like he is, he's the man. So yeah, he's just going to keep getting better his floor is like the 13th best quarterback in the league, right? His worst case scenario is Matt Ryan. So Trevor Lawrence is going to be fine. Um, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about uh, Trey Lance, who I think should start week one against the the Lions. I'm not worried about Justin Fields, who should start, who should start week two against the Lions. Um, and I'm also not worried about Zach Wilson, Cleve. I think Zach Wilson has looked pretty good this preseason. Yeah, I, I um, you know, we were we were offline, you know, chattering about it, but I, I I'm kind of happy with what I see. I'm more happy seeing that versus Donaldson. I mean, um, 
our last quarterback. Whose I name was, you can't even remember? Yeah, he was so good. No, no, I was, I was calling, I was gonna call him the the Darnold, but I just fumbled it. Like Blair Thomas just fumbled, <laughs> <laughs> fucking fumbled. So um, yeah, I um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little excited. Um, I mean, I still think the win the windfall is probably gonna be around three games. Um, don't know which three games that's gonna be, but I, I you know, I'm excited about that. But go Lions. I was gonna say, so so you believe more in Jared Goff with that list of quote unquote talent that Dave listed off, which by the way has been axed some since we last spoke, as opposed to the Jets, who I think Zach Wilson probably is better or could be better than Jared Goff by the middle of the season, and he has a little bit more to work with, doesn't he? I mean, they brought in Corey Davis, so uh, uh, a little bit more to work with, I, right? Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, <laughs> Elijah Moore, Kevin Coleman, Ty Johnson. Thank yeah, you. I would say he's got slightly more to work with than Jared Goff with Quintez Cephas yeah, but... and, 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 one, and, and one of my fucking cats playing wide receiver. So, so here's the thing, man. I um, Honestly, man, I think going to the Super Bowl has some currency. I don't care who the quarterback is. Other than Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer, by the way, if you if you go to the Super Bowl, I think you got a little bit of currency because those two, those two guys defensively rode the train to the Super Bowl. Well, Jared Goff needs to trade the Super Bowl appearance for some fucking Bitcoin because that currency don't spend with me. <laughs> I am not impressed. I was going to say, I think if we're ever going to make political football merch, we're going to have to make actual Super Bowl currency dollar bills that Cleve can spend somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, that that will be the altcoin that we make. Uh, Super with Bowl enough, coin. With, the, with enough Super Bowl currency, you can get access to uh to shows nobody else can hear of course the shows don't exist because super bowl currency doesn't count for shit <laughs> there we go i feel like we need to make a dave's personal record book or something like that um or cleve's personal record book the currency that it has like you know where does Su super bowl currency is obviously the big bill but like does their afc title game currency cleave like losing it is that like a nickel or something like that where you can kind of like pool up all your money like when we were in college at the laundromat and you're like okay i can do two lows with all this playoff <laughs> currency i got going on <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, so Dave, um, any other transactions that kind of caught your eye? Obviously, uh, Minshew is now an Eagle and that kind of shirt up their, their backup quarterback situation and let us know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy, even though urban had been hemming and hawing fake hemming and hawing about that. We all kind of knew that was bullshit. Kind of like when the breaking news alert hit that, uh, Lawrence signed his contract. You don't say, um, <laughs> And other than that, uh, I saw Stefan Gilmore is going to be on the pup list to start the season, so he's out for at least six games. I think I saw Michael Thomas is on the pup list as well to start yep. the season. Plus, you got the Saints who are not going to be in their home because of the hurricane that hit there. Uh, how much of how much of that do you think is newsworthy, or do you think we won't see that until you know halfway through the season? The impact of some of these guys not being on the field. So I think that it's all it's all straight from the start going to be pretty newsworthy. I mean, for the Patriots. You take maybe the best cover corner in the game, certainly in the top three, and now he's they take him off the field. I mean, that's that's pretty rough for the Saints, which we're going to get to. Not having Michael Thomas is going to be an issue because uh, Cleve, we're going to play guess the Saints wide receivers when it's time to talk about the Saints. Spoiler: you don't know who they are. So, <laughs> <laughs> like this is this that's that's going to be a, a a real problem. The other thing about the Saints too, transaction wise. I think they're going to cut Latavius Murray. 
like it's wow. really it's really close because I think he's I think he's washed. He's like well, thirty three. They, they just yeah. cut Freeman, didn't they? Yeah, but they brought him in because I think Murray wasn't getting it done. But Tony Jones is playing the backup role for uh, behind Alvin Kamara, and I think that uh, they're gonna oh. they're gonna cut Murray here pretty soon. He's just too crowded, huh? Well, I think I think he's just washed. I mean, it happens quick. You know, you're running back, and you turn 32 or 33. Oh, that, yeah, that's, that's ancient. That's ancient. Yeah, that can yeah. that that can do it. But yeah, there haven't been any two other like crazy transactions. It's more like who's going to be starting. Um, yeah, the Lions cut Paramin. The Patriots cut Cam, and I think that's it so far for like super shocking. Didn't quite see those coming cuts. I mean, the Jags cut Tebow, I guess. Oh yeah, that's true. Really? We already got we, we already get into that, and Cleve took a big dump on him, so that worked out perfectly yeah, for us. Um, but where does guy. what uh, what team do you think Cam ends up on? Because I, I have to think that he would would warrant at least a backup role, or if not right away, a quarterback goes down, that a team would bring him in to sort of bridge the gap. Like Washington, the St. Louis Battlehawks. I think he's gonna end up in Washington oh. with Ron Rivera. Riverboat I Ron. Mean, yeah, yeah as, mean, a, as as a backup yeah. or something like that. I I think I think Ron and him are are tied to the hip a little bit, and it would be like one of those mercy things. Like you know what, let me not let the guy go out like that. Bring him in, you know. It's he'd be a good backup to have behind Fitz too, because right now it's Taylor Heineke. Yeah, so should walk yeah. into that job. Who is uh, who? Who who's probably not vaccinated based off of his Twitter uh, his Twitter history? So he's probably going to go down at some point too. But I think Ron yeah. Rivera has shown that he doesn't want to have a quarterback less than the age of thirty five on his squad. Uh, he likes the veteran presence like Cleve. So I think Cam would be a good fit for them. If Fitzy goes down, they keep the average quarterback age around thirty five. I think. I think I think I think the reason I say that in all seriousness because I think that they could put a package together for Cam, knowing yeah. the coach and him have history. Yeah. So if he's not claimed off the waiver wire or whatever, uh, I think he ends up there. And and they're going to get him on the cheap. On the cheap. They're not going to be paying that Super Bowl currency for Cam Newton anytime soon. I'll tell you that right now. So, <laughs> Yes, Dave. I'm just saying, you know, Cam does have Super Bowl currency. He has he has. God, you guys are killing me. He, he he has lost a Super Bowl, which to Cleve makes make is worth like a hundred billion dollars. Apparently, if you yeah, show up to say. Super Bowl and lose, so, it's uh. It's I was going to say it's it's a different currency <laughs> than winning a Super Bowl. Losing a Super Bowl is probably more like a two dollar bill type of a thing. For those of us old enough to remember that two dollar bills were a thing, just yeah, aged right? all of us right there. Because I think my mom <laughs> my mom kept like a bunch of them, thinking they were going to be worth something, and I don't even know if they are. I have no clue. Uh, so I I can I can confirm from working at hotels they are worth two dollars. Yes, and people, tip, and, and people people tip with them all the time. So I get, wow. I get a bunch of two dollar bills all the time, yeah, and I can take them take them to the bank to deposit them because like they're awkward to spend. Um, so yeah, do they, they're, do they're, they all, they're still around. Do they also tip you with Susan B. Anthony's by chance, or like the oh, blooms shit. or something like that? Uh, That's great. No, but those are okay because they're great for vending machines and parking meters. So if you get like the gold dollars, <laughs> keep them keep them in your car. They're good for parking. Man, I have to tell you, Dave, that was a very Cleve-like response because the last time I actually paid in coin at a parking meter was a really long time ago. Well, the tides are turning here. Man, I don't know how to tell you this, but the whole world at the DMV, some places still got, still got coin meter parking. We live, we live in Northern Virginia, which might be the best 
best place in the country right now. Oh, shit. It is very possible. And I spent the last week going up and down the East Coast, going from traveling further north, more more masks being worn, and then traveling south, and almost none being worn. So I've seen the whole – I've I've run the gamut this whole time right here. So um, it's been a lot of fun. All right. So we have some other business to get to. And as always, that means we have to play some fun stuff. Predictions. Where a buck can be a fraud. Tua can be a bust, and the AFC South can be worthless. This is Political Football's Divisional Preview. Man, when I created this imaging, I really wasn't thinking about the fact that we would be doing the AFC South at some point. But here we are. We're going south, and um, we're going to start with the AFC South because I just mentioned them on that imaging, and why not start with them right here? Let's do it. Man, the AFC South is worthless, let me tell you. Um, my my Bucks are fraudulent take might not have held up, but your AFC South is, is unwatchable garbage take is, <laughs> is, is, is going to be pretty good. So we're going to start same as last episode. For any new listeners, we're going to go from the team I predict to be worst in the division to the team I predict to be best. Uh, so these are my official predictions that if my co-hosts agree or disagree with where I have them ranked, they can uh, say so as we discuss them. But we're going to start here with the worst team in the entire NFL, even worse than the seven-win Detroit Lions, and that is the Houston Texans. Uh, last year, the Houston Texans were 4-12. and 12. This year, their win total is 4. For context, they have the lowest win total bet in the league. Mm. So you can't bet on a, on a team worse than 4. 4 is the lowest in the league uh important things to note Deshaun Watson is still on the team but who cares he's not playing he's demanded a trade he's probably getting suspended so he's effectively gone from the team Will Fuller is gone he's in Miami now helping me win my two up bets against Cleve and JJ Watt is now an Arizona Cardinal so their three best players aren't there anymore Brandon Cooks is still there with his 94 concussions um Mm. Cleve who's the new head coach of the Houston Texans I'll, no. give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. The guy looks like a flight attendant. <laughs> I believe that'd be David Cully. Is that correct? David Cully? Uh, I actually don't know either because no one cares. <laughs> um, no, it is. I think they got him from the Ravens. No, I just heard a is, list of them. It is. It is. It is. It's, 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 it's David Cully. I do, I do know who it is, but uh wanted to get, the, get that line off. But, yeah, the point is nobody cares. He also won't be the coach of the Texans in 2022. This is a one-year, get a couple mil and bounce. Uh, situation. Mm. Um, this is the worst roster in the NFL in a long time. I mean, the 08 Lions for sure. Maybe there's somebody in between that had a worse roster, but this team is absolutely terrible. The starting quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. Wow. Apparently, apparently he's got two lungs again. Um, Jeez. But uh, when the when the doctor punctures the other one, they drafted Davis Mills in the third round. Davis Mills is one of those one of those guys who like. You heard about on ESPN, like Lane Kiffin offers seventh grader. Davis Mills is one of those types. Wow. Um, third round pick. He's going to be terrible. Like he's going to come in at some point, look awful. Yeah, this team is a real competition for the number one pick next year. Next year, they're going to have a new coach, probably number one overall pick, completely revamped. What do they get in the Watson deal whenever a Watson deal happens? But this team is terrible. Do you think that, uh, Tarod should be doing a rookie. I mean, I'm sorry. The yeah, the rookie symposium. His career arc is unbelievable. This guy has the worst luck. He ends up on a Texans after all the day he's gone through. 
ends up on the Texans. That is, oh, that's fucked up, dude. This man started last year, a year ago. He was the starting quarterback for a team with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Mike Go. Williams, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Now he's the quarterback of the Texans. Because the doctor punctured his lung. <laughs> Fuck. And Baker, you know, Baker, again, this guy's been in some, some positions and he just... Man, this guy's luck and his agent? Jesus Christ. If if memory serves, Dave, didn't they play really well in week one with Tyrod Taylor? Like, they almost won the game. And then the next uh-huh. week, Herbert randomly started. And you're right. I mean, so I, I should be out front that obviously I have a soft spot for Tyrod Taylor being a, a Virginia Tech grad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a guy that I feel like has done all the right things. And he's been a good teammate. He's been there. And, uh, Cleve, you're so right. Like, you know, I, didn't he lead them to their first win, the, the Browns' first win in a while, or did, was that the game where they benched him for Baker? I can't remember yeah. what that. It yeah. was that, that was against that was against the Jets, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it even gets worse than that because wasn't he wasn't he with the with the Ravens and when Flacco? Yeah, uh, Flacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So his career arc is unbelievable, and he he I think he had the flu when Flacco started, and then the, the, the job was never you know he never got it back or whatever it was it was this guy's career arc is unbelievable bro unbelievable this guy should be doing symposiums he also got replaced by josh allen in buffalo Mm -hmm. remember they let him go oh yeah yeah that's right because actually the the bills made the playoffs for the first time in like 20 years with tyrod at quarterback in that absolutely god awful jags bills playoff game that ended like nine seven or some shit and it was awful didn't he but anyway I, I just I feel yeah. like yeah you're right Cleve you're right but Dave I have to admit um, this team sucks this team absolutely sucks and Cleve <laughs> listen 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 to the the teams they have to play so th- this is th- these are the games that I feel like they have some semblance of a chance they play the Jags twice just because they're in the division they play the Jets and they play the Panthers that's like as easy as it's going to get then they get Browns Patriots Bills Colts. Cardinals, Rams, Dolphins, <laughs> Titans, Seahawks, Chargers, and 49ers. Like, holy shit. Murderous row. Murderous row, bro. Like, they're they're not even going to be in, like, 14 of their 17 games. Like, and I say in, I mean within, like, two scores. Also, Matt, look real quick. Who do they play in week 17? Which is not the last you. week anymore. It's the second to last week. Hold, hold that filibuster while I, uh, while I pull it up here. Listen, the reason why black people shouldn't be allowed to vote Oh, not that kind of filibuster. Sorry, you meant yeah. you meant you meant a different kind. Okay, so week seventeen, they're at San Francisco. So here's the situation: when we get to the NFC West, we're going to talk about how all the teams are really good and how they're going to have to be really competing all the way down the stretch because they're all really good. And the Texans are going to play a fully operational Trey Lance in a probably must-win game for San Francisco in week seventeen. I'm already taking San Francisco to cover that spread, and I don't care what it is. Wow. San Francisco is going to win that game by 45 points. So just to let you know, Cleve, these are their road games. At Cleveland, at Buffalo, at Indianapolis, at Arizona, at Miami, at Tennessee, (laughs) at Jacksonville, and at San Francisco. Literally, there's one game that they can win on the road. Maybe. Maybe. God, that's brutal. That sucks. That's That's just brutal. That's fucking brutal. (laughs) 
The Holy NFL, shit. whoever makes the schedule, uh, is 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 a great person because they did a couple of things. They put the the Jets and Panthers in Week One, which was so perfect. But they looked at the Texans roster and said, "How can we fuck them over the best way that we know possible?" Oh, it's perfect because it lined up this way. That they have to play all these difficult teams. We don't have to do anything. All we have to do is make the schedule, and it was just unbelievable how it worked out. Not only does their team suck, and I like Tyrod Taylor, but their team sucks. Their coach is a complete unknown who nobody thought was going to get. Hired, and their schedule is ridiculous. So, I, I, two wins, ceiling, maybe three, mm, like maybe, generously yeah. three. We are we are on zero and seventeen. Watch, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We are. Like they are going to be really bad all over the field. They don't really have a difference maker. I mean, again, the Lions went zero and sixteen with Calvin. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, that, that that is very true. I kind of forgot about that. Um, so I guess you're right. But think about it this way: their their win total from Vegas is four. It was four last year, and Deshaun Watson was their quarterback last year. That tells you everything that you need to know about how good they're going to be this year, where they lost all those guys. Deshaun isn't going to play, and we're expecting them to win four. And there's an there's an extra game, like right. they are getting punched in the face as a as an organization. And I don't necessarily hate it because. I don't like that organization to begin with. So, yeah, I, I do agree with you guys that this, I mean, obviously the scheduling when it was done, um, they could have not predicted this team to be this collapsible. But um, going back to the Tyrod, he needs to be a 30 for 30. This His career arc is unreal. <laughs> and then he's going to be, and today's point just now, he may be attached to an 0-16 team. This is insane for this guy. I just had Every a team he's idea. played for, he got... He got booted out for a quarterback. Everywhere he went, circumstances like followed that. I just I have a great idea. I think I'm gonna put together a 30 for 30 um, trailer uh, and do, <laughs> do, do, do voiceovers for the Tyrod Taylor thing. We'll we'll see if we can make that happen before the end of the season. It's insane. Yeah, that would be great. Anyway, wow. I, do we need to talk more about the Texans? We talked way more about the Lions than the Texans. The Texans are terrible. Yeah, no, the Texans. The Texans are awful and. Uh, Speaking of another team that whose who season could get a 30 for 30 one day, uh, we have the third place team in this division. That would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Last year, they go one in 15. This year, their win total is six and a half. Yeah, yeah, they're they're expected to get some wins. Keep in mind, they have two gimmies against the Texans. So that that helps. <laughs> that helps boost those numbers a little bit. Um so the first thing about the uh, Jaguars is that they hired Urban Meyer to be their head coach. And I'm on record as saying that Urban Meyer is the best college football coach of all time. That is I, a take I, I don't, I don't even is, know why you say that shit. That is, that, is a, that is a take. That is a take that I stand by. Um, Fuck that guy. Urban Meyer is probably terrible. He is. Oh, yeah. Oh, terrible human being. Uh, and, and so he can either be a great coach like uh, he is in college or a terrible coach like he is as a human being. And it looks like he's going to be a terrible NFL coach. Here are some of the mistakes Urban Meyer has made already. One, he brought in Tim Tebow. Two, he brought in that racist Iowa coach. Three, he drafted NFL or uh, Travis Etienne in the first round of the NFL draft. Fourth, he only took Etienne because he wanted to take Kadarius Tony. Uh, hang on, what's the fifth? What's the fifth mistake? I don't know. There probably is one. The point is that this has been terrible so far. Oh, his players all hate him. The players are already leaking to the media how much they hate him. So. He's yeah, treating him. Going... He's treating him like college players. Like he can still treat these. These guys are making like as much money, if not more, than he is. Why should they listen to him at all? Like I, he's gonna have to. He's going to have to update his coaching style if he wants to last. But he's not going to because he's a pompous piece of shit. 
Yes, yeah, he's he's awful. Um, now the other thing, of course, they added Trevor Lawrence, first overall pick. Uh, dare I say, generational prospect at the quarterback position. So that's a you know that's great. I mean, he's you know way to solve your quarterback issue. Now they're just going to solve the coach issue in a couple of years. Travis Etienne, the aforementioned first round NFL pick, uh, first round draft pick, uh, has a Liz Frank injury. Cleve, he is now out for the entire season. Hey, you know what you. You know what, Dave? You're a prophet because you say you, they could have got a running back in the fourth round or fifth round. Like this is this was such a wasted of a pick, unbelievable. So hats off, sir. Yeah. So the guy who's going to take over the backfield now is James Robinson, an undrafted free agent who they who joined the team last year and was fifth in the NFL in rushing last year. Okay. And so they wanted to replace him with a first round pick. Why? use a first round pick to replace him and now the first round pick is out so they're back to using james robinson oh and carlos hyde who they added so carlos hyde will be getting carries still in the league still in the league beat yeah, me well, to it well you know you know who it, you know who his college coach was oh there we go newt rockney <laughs> newt rockney woody hayes era parsegian um yeah no it was amos alonso stag um <laughs> And then Great the last thing I, the last thing I have to say about the Jags here is that their wide receiver second round pick last year, Lavisca Chenault, it's this is happening. Lavisca is happening this year. Household name, everybody's going to know him. He's going to have the second year breakout. The AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Kelvin Ridley a couple years ago. He's coming, and he is, in my opinion, the next Demarius Thomas. Could never, I could never root for a team who has a gross pool. In, the, in in one of their end zone uh end zone uh areas step that, that, so wait saying. a minute so wait a minute well first of all if that if that were the lions it would be filled with lion piss because they'd have to channel an actual lion in there um but cleve are you telling me that you wouldn't get in a pool that millions of people have uh you know probably had sex in and done a whole bunch of other oh, things in and the God. team sucks so like you're already having yeah, to pay for yeah. that experience mm. Yeah, you go there to get scabies. <laughs> Fuck. But listen, listen. I don't want to. I don't want to alienate any of our listeners in the Sunshine State. But to go to the Jake Stadium, you already have to go to Florida. So like, there's already like hepatitis C and COVID just milling about in the air because of their governor, anyways. So yeah. like, like Ugh. he's trying to make all the kids go to school without masks. I mean, once you're once you're in Florida, you might as well get into the like. The, the hot tub that everybody's been in already because <laughs> you know you're, you're already you're already there yeah that's unbelievable unbelievable yeah. they have a pretty tough sled as far as schedule but uh like you said dave they do play the texans twice which is which is nice they play the Bengals uh they play the jets so they do have a lot of games against teams that they should be as good as if not a little bit better than so it does help they don't have quite the murderer's row that the Texans do as far as road games. They get some of their stiffer competition at home. Uh, they start the season at Houston, which hopefully would, would be a win for them. So starting off 1-0 would be great for Trevor Lawrence. Then they get Denver and Arizona at home. And again, you're playing at home, so there's a little bit of a confidence factor there. And then they travel to Cincinnati. So in the first four weeks of the season, they have a pretty favorable schedule as it relates to travel and you know getting some confidence for Trevor Lawrence anyway. So they might make that six win total. I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they're going to be pretty bad. But did you guys see the amazing picture? It was, I think, ETN and uh, Trevor Lawrence standing next to each other. And it said, we're going. And it was one and then 16, which is Trevor Lawrence's number. It was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's great. 
there's a uh so i don't know how else it's gonna work on an audio medium but i don't care all my college people know this so back in like the pete carroll years rick newheisel was hired at the head as the head coach at ucla um while pete carroll was dominating at usc and newheisel took out a full page paper in the la times and the picture was him like pointing like authoritatively as the coach but pointing and the headline said the dominant or the dominant school in la is over like basically implying that like it's over ucla is here now we're gonna line up with it and somebody photoshopped it and put the word there at the end so now it's the dominant <laughs> school in LA is over there and you have pointing like he's pointing at usc um that's great same, yeah, very much, very much the same energy. You really have to be careful with your social media teams when you put out these sort of photos because people are going to get a hold of it. Oh, yeah. Was oh, it the yeah. UCLA job that Neuheisel lost because of the NCAA tournament stuff? Or was it yes. the Washington job? No, I believe he lost the UCLA job because he was running like a $10,000 buy-in NCAA tournament pool that he was taking a cut of. Yeah. Good job, Coach. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean I mean he, he lost the job. I mean there's no arguing that. That is that is what happened. So but the, the reason could be alleged. I don't know. It's not a crime. Is it bad to say somebody something it's not a crime? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's just speculation for a show that fifty people listen to. So unless one of those people happens to be a lawyer for Rick Neuheisel, I think we're good. Listen, if Rick, Rick Newhousel wants to sue me and get a CPAP machine and two cats, he's welcome to have it. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess that's what he wants. It's funny that you say a CPAP machine because I feel like after those two teams, that this division is in need of some type of a life support system of some some type. So, <laughs> oh well, it's not showing up. Are we done with the Jags? Yes, yes we are. Okay, yes, good. Please, um, for the love of God, can we be done with the Jags? <laughs> uh, the third, the second place team in this division. Is the Indianapolis Colts keep the CPAP machine going? Because boy, we're gonna need it. Last year they were eleven and five. This year their win total is nine, so they're expected to take a step back, even with the extra game. Uh, biggest news here, of course, Carson Wentz is in to play quarterback. Um, reunited with his offensive coordinator, with whom they won the Super Bowl with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Jonathan Taylor, second year running back, looked great down the stretch last year. Going to be good this year. They have one of the best offensive lines of football, led by the best guard, Quentin Nelson. And then Michael Pittman Jr., second year, second year wide receiver out of the dominant school in Los Angeles, USC. They're, uh, he's, you know, in a good position because P.Y. Hilton is hurt. Like something with his shoulder. I don't know, but I think it's going to be on is the public list. Is he still in the league? I thought, I thought he wouldn't have made the final roster. He, so he made it? Yeah, he was. He was. They're playing him wow. with the wide receiver one this year, which is crazy oh, to me. Wow. Because oh, wow. they got Pittman, they got Paris Campbell. I don't know why they would think that, but that's what they, that's what their plan was. Um, it won't be in my fan duel. Yeah, no kidding. And as we just <laughs> touched on uh, recently, they have a very tough opening schedule. Um, and so we this team, this, this team will be better than their final record because their schedule is so hard. But this is this is not a good team. Oh, absolutely not. We went over their schedule but when we thought Wentz was going to be out. And even with Wentz, we had them maybe in yeah. two and four to start the season. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. I'm not confident in that either. I'm not confident in that either. I, oh, God, this division. I, I, I've already had a rant. Is it, is it going to be a yearly thing? Am I going to have to fucking yeah, yeah. dump on the yeah, AFC yeah. South every year? Yeah. God damn, this division if, sucks. If Isaac can have the run, run rich run, you're going to have your rant, rant, rant. 
I'm just. You know what? You know what really pisses me off. I'll tell you what pisses me off is that we're gonna get to the fucking AFC title game, and I'm gonna have to watch some AFC South team like the Titans or the Colts play the Chiefs, and I'm gonna have to sit there, and through three quarters, it's gonna be like 13 to 11 or some bullshit like that, and then the Chiefs are finally gonna pull away, and I'm gonna be scared the whole playoffs, thinking that the AFC South is gonna represent the fucking AFC in the Super Bowl. Like that's what's gonna happen. It's every fucking year. I feel like why don't they just flex the Titans Colts game at Week 18? to the last game of the season because it's going to be for the division and one of those teams is going to finish 9-8. and eight. There we go. Well said. Yeah, I mean, well said. I I like I like the passion and the rant. I, If I had to make an actual prediction, I think the winner of this division is going to host the Ravens in the first in the first <laughs> uh, the first week of the playoffs and get absolutely smoked by uh, by Lamar Jackson. But yeah, I mean, this, this division is just not good. The, at least the next team is going to be entertaining, but like Carson Wentz, I, I mean, I was the last of the three of us to come around to the fact that like he's probably terrible now, but can this change, Cleve, can this change the scenery like help him? Is he just done? Does it not really matter where I, he goes? I just I just think that, I know we don't like to loosely throw around the word bus, but I, I think I think that we're we're entering that region now with his career arc um because i don't i don't think like his first couple of years in the league he was bad but he the, my my mantra is your your best avail your best ability is availability and you know he can't stay healthy they draft I mean, i'm sorry they, they they got him on their roster um knowing that this could be a possibility the question I, is no Yes. The, the answer is no. He sucks. No. When sucks. Hard. Like I, I don't want to be that guy. Like I'm turning into Dave right now, and maybe it's my grief coming out. <laughs> but Carson Wentz doesn't need to be on my television screen anymore, anymore, ever, ever. Like he's done. I'm done. Yeah. It's it's it's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so here's here's <laughs> what I'm gonna say. I don't think Carson Wentz is necessarily done. However. I think he's in the exact same situation as Mitch Trubisky. He just gets the start immediately. You just compared him to Mitch Trubisky. He's so fucked now. Well, the same, same, the, both the second overall pick. I mean, all right. Hold up. Well, one question will settle this: Does Carson Wentz fit the culture? Because Mitch fit the culture. Uh, yeah. Apparently, they're all a bunch of Bible thumpers up there. Frank Reich, Carson Wentz, Michael Pittman. I mean, like they're having Bible studies. We're gonna trade for Zach Ertz. I mean it. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to be disparaging like, about religion <laughs> this time. I mean, like, like they like they actually do Bible study, like talk about scripture uh, and stuff. Like it's it is their culture up there. So he does actually fit that like that like Mike Pence weirdo energy. Like they they have it. So as BB um, would say, onto the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Done with the done. Done with the Colts. Um, <laughs> man, the Titans last year. The Titans last year go eleven and five win total of nine uh this year so they're also expected to take a step back biggest news for them they lose their offensive coordinator arthur smith who's now the head coach of the falcons um and so since they had this like unique system with derrick henry losing the offensive coordinator can be a really big deal they also lose john new smith they don't bring another tight end to replace him they do they lose Corey davis to the jets they do bring in julio jones so the question is are they going to get real Julio, like prime Julio, even if it's only for like 10 weeks where he gets hurt again? Or 
is Julio like truly a second tier wide receiver now? And if so, that's not really an improvement over Corey Davis. And this team didn't really get better. You, hey Dave, use your word, dust ball. Use oh your my word. God. Use your word, dust you're ball. Is he a, is he a Julio dust, a dust ball? ball? Julio, no. No. He, no. He, you know what? I'll give you to week six and I'll, I'll circle back to that. I'll circle back to it because you said it. You said who we're gonna get? We're gonna get prime Julio, or are we gonna get? I said you know, second tier wide receiver. I did not say Dust Ball. <laughs> Dust? Oh, oh, there's levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's levels. Like for example, on one level you have AJ Brown, on the next level you have Julio Jones, and then 47 levels down you have presumed starter Brashad Perriman for the Lions who just got cut. Right? There's levels. <laughs> And Julio, <laughs> second tier. What I'm saying, so Corey Davis is also a second tier wide receiver. And they just got rid of Corey Davis, who went to the Jet. And now they bring in Julio Jones. If Julio is second tier, that's not really an, an improvement. And so if this team yeah. hasn't improved at all, but they've lost their offensive coordinator. And critically, the defense is a lot worse. Like their defense is bad. What, like, how was this team better? Yeah. That's true. So that's, I will say true. one. I will say one thing before we move on to the other division is that Mike Vrabel for another year will be safe. He will not have to cut off his penis because the Tennessee Titans will not be winning the Super Bowl this year, guaranteed. <laughs> I I don't know what that's a reference to, but I don't know what kind of scripture they're talking about in Tennessee. Oh, but maybe no, no, no. That was a quote. that was a quote. They asked him what yeah. he would do to win a Super Bowl, and he said he would cut off his dick. Yeah, he said he would chop, dude. You didn't to win so a you Super Bowl. See- that's yeah, right. We're just, we're just so his 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 threshold is apparently not very high yeah. because there's a lot of things that I would do well, like I would not do to yeah, save that. Dude. So yeah. Mike Vrabel is going to be safe for another year because it's totally not happening. <laughs> However, there could be a team in the next division that may have a chance of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, but that's not jump right ahead to the Panthers quite yet. That's um, right. Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, just to quickly wrap up, the AFC South is not in not impressive division. We've got to talk about at least one of these teams going into the playoffs, and we're not going to like it. And I'm already hoping whoever that team is loses in the first round of the playoffs. And we can just be done with them as soon as possible. That division sucks. I hate yeah, them. badly. Now moving on to the to the NFC South, um, I have a opinion about the fourth place team that could be shocking. Depending on how you the feel box. about a few certain things. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, my fourth place team for the NFC South is the new look Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, last year, they're, get this though, last year the Falcons go 4-12. and 12. This year their win total is 7.5. Mm. So they are really expected to, to, do, to do quite a bit better. And now uh, we just talked about the Titans losing uh arthur smith the offensive coordinator he is now head coach at atlanta falcons so that's where he goes and of course julio jones is going to film falcons to the titans so these teams are actually sort of linked together um quick question yes so arthur is a very old person's name do i have to <laughs> ask the question white or black <laughs> i'm actually not great. sure i'm not sure to be honest when i hear the word arthur i think of either my grandmother's yeah. cat or no. uh <laughs> some really old guy well the, th- the thing is matt he got hired to be a head coach of the nfl so you can assume he's white oh um, shit <laughs> oh that's actually good 
Oh, what's what is his name? Arthur Smith. Smith. Yeah, yeah that 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 that's good. We, we we need to know this. This is key information for the listeners to really predict who's going to win this division. Uh drum roll, please. He is a white man. All right, yes, yes. all right. He is. <laughs> he, he certainly, uh, he certainly is. Much like pretending not to know the names of the of the new Texas coach, I did know that about Arthur Smith. Um, I genuinely did not. Yes. Now, uh, he brought his son Jamal Smith to be offensive coordinator. So, um, <laughs> getting back the clue story from last time. I, I uh, told you guys. <laughs> I told you yes. Guys. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, Tyrone Smith. Um, now they. The Falcons have a lot of exciting players on their team. First of all, Calvin Ridley, fantastic wide receiver, could very well lead the league in targets this year because this team should be losing a lot. They lost Julio Jones. Uh, their other wide receivers are Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus, I thought I was getting a uh, white or black from Matt on that one, but I guess we don't have to. Um, no. <laughs> and then Clear, first round clearly pick. white. <laughs> yes, clearly. And then... Uh, Kyle Pitts, the first round, fourth overall pick tight end, who's looking amazing in the preseason, catch and run, can't be stopped, running crisp route, 6'6", 245, runs a 445. So they got Pitts, they got Ridley. The running back is Mike Davis. They didn't draft one, they just brought in Mike Davis and they and they kept Quadre Allison and that's sort of who they're going with at running back. So I don't know what they're gonna do there, but um. This team is going to play exciting losing football, and I'm here for it. As a Lions fan, I love exciting losing football. They're essentially the Bengals of the NFC, aren't they? Where the Bengals are going to be bad and also be possibly exciting because of that wide receiver room. That is a fair comparison, although I have another team I'd compare the Bengals to that I don't want to spoil yet because we've talked about them yet. But right. I think that's fair. Um, like, yeah, they're going to score a lot of points and lose a lot of games. And in that way, they are very much like the Bengals. Dave and I have been in lockstep so far as far as where these teams are going to be placed. We are like 13 for 13. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Cleve. Do you have any initial thoughts here on the Falcons before I move on to the next team? Uh, I think they're placed where they should be. Okay. So last in the division, do you think they'll be better than last year and still finish uh, last? Yeah, like you said, exciting losing football. They're, they're, they probably could cover their spread. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about the Falcons before we move on here is that uh, we didn't mention Matt Ryan one time, so it's probably time for them to move on after this season. There's a, new, there's a new Matty Ice in town, motherfucker. Facts. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, but uh, our Matty Ice doesn't have any Super Bowl currency, so. No. Oh, God, we let it go. <laughs> you know, Tyrod had the Super Bowl, right? Tyrod had the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not shitting you. He had the Super Bowl ring. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'm sure that'll be part of the 30 for 30. Um, okay. So, uh, Matt, we might, this might be more, we're no longer in lockstep. The third place team in the division I have is the New Orleans Saints. We're good. All right. We are in lockstep. All right. Third place team, the New Orleans Saints. Last year, 12 and four. This year, their win total is nine. Most important thing to know about the Saints, uh, Drew Brees is gone. Their starting quarterback is Jameis Winston. He was officially named the starter. He has been given the keys. Um, Cleve, I did tell you we're going to play who are the Saints wide receivers because Michael Thomas is on the pub list. Please uh, name for me the two starting wide receivers for the New Orleans Saints. Quintez. Exactly. <laughs> I have no clue. Yes, Quintez Cephas and Olamide Zacchaeus, who are both real people. Um, 
No, it is Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. Two wide huh. receiver names you couldn't pick out of a hat. Dude. That's those are wide receiver names. Yeah. Now, to be fair though, at tight end they have Adam Troutman and Juwan Johnson. Adam Troutman? Are you kidding me? That sounds like a baseball player. He went to Toledo. <laughs> um, Toledo, if you're uh, oh, no, from Dayton. Miami. I'm sorry, Dayton. I'm, I'm oh, even my, better. I'm getting my useless Ohio places mixed up. It was a date. Um, wow. So, yeah. So, we got Traquan Smith, Marcus Callaway, Adam Troutman, Jawan Johnson. So, the thought is, is that if the Saints are going to be any good, Alvin Kamara is going to have to touch the ball 900 times. And the thing is, I don't think he's built for that. He is an 18-carry, 7-catch-a-game person. He's not the 25-carry, 10-catch like CMC. I, I just don't see it. I don't see where this offense is going to get anything done at their their players are terrible i mean Jameis is fine but he's got nobody to throw to he got cut after throwing to mike davis and chris got or mike evans and chris godwin now he's throwing to marquez callaway and adam troutman i mean he's in a position to fail they're gonna have to give the ball to camara a bunch of times the defense still has a couple playmakers the offensive line is fine but i just i don't see where this offense is going to get anything anything done yeah, I feel yeah. like the Saints are getting a pass because they have been a consistently good team with Breeze at the helm. And I think it's kind of like the Patriots of last year where, you know, they're they're having a little bit of turnover, but you give them the benefit of the doubt because of all the success in the coaching staff. And Sean Payton's going to have to coach his ass off this year. And I, I said Belichick last year, had he gone 9-7, and seven, it probably would have been the best coaching of his career at 9-7. and seven. And I think if you want to go nine and eight with this team, Sean Payton's going to have to show that he's the the real genius that everybody says that he is. Which, by the way, he only has the one Super Bowl, so that currency's starting to run out uh, because yeah. it's been it's been a while um, since he's won a Super Bowl, and it was only because of that onside kick that just happened to go his way. Uh, hot take. But either way, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Saints. I know that Jameis is quote unquote fine, but I also know that Jameis can also be not fine. Uh, very not fine to the tune of 30 and 30. I think speaking of 30 for 30, uh, didn't he have 30 touchdowns and 30 picks his last year in Tampa? Like that is not taking yeah. you to the promised land folks. Yeah. <laughs> not in a I league think... that is not in a league that is trying to cut down on turnovers. Yeah. yeah so uh, quickly revisiting your hot take about the St. Colt Super Bowl. Sean Payton is an offensive genius. They won that game because their special teams, the outside kick and Peyton Manning threw a pick six. Yeah. For the yes. defense, to Tracy Porter. Yeah. Uh, Drew Brees and Sean Payton did not win that game. The special teams yeah. of the defense did. Anyways, that was like 12 years ago. I just wanted to say I'm on board with your hot take. Sean Payton might be overrated. Uh, and, but, but we're going to find out now because now he can coach without a Hall of Fame quarterback, just like Belichick had to last year. We saw how that went. So we're yeah. going to see how how this goes for the Saints. But I don't think it's going to go particularly well. I think that they're going to fall off. But I think they are a prime Aaron Rodgers destination for next year. Wow. Aaron yeah, in the yep. dome, that would be insane. Michael Thomas back healthy. Still got Camara. Add Aaron Rodgers. You got a couple good players elsewhere bringing a couple free agents excited to play with Aaron Rodgers. This team could flip it just like that if they do this next year. But this yeah. year, mm -hmm. they're in trouble. Yeah. Okay. So that means that the second place team I have in the division is the Tampa. No, I'm kidding. Uh, is the Carolina Panthers. I have the Panthers finishing ahead of the Saints this year. Um, and last year they were five and eleven. This year win total seven and a half. So they're going going the right direction. Let they're me ask you something, Dick. Yeah, sorry to cut you. No, so you're good. when when they do the win totals, 
Mm-hmm. When is that done? Is that done when they have the roster set or they're just projecting on who's already there, like so, meaning the secured positions? No, that's a good question. So I'm going for the opening win totals as they were given. The win totals are generally released, released right after the NFL draft on most books. Sometimes they're released even before, but these, okay. these totals came up right after the draft. Right. So, so like in the Cam situation, obviously Cam was the starter until Mac got there and won the job. So does that affect their win total at all? Would you say yes or no, give or take in any direction, a game or two? And that specific situation, and never, never two games. Two games is like going from like Tom Brady to Jared Goff. I mean, you need <laughs> two games okay. is a lot of games. When you only play 17, that's that's many percents. Oh wow! So, okay, you know that's like okay. that's like an eighth, right? So that uh, uh, that's that's a lot of that's a lot that's a lot. But okay, no, it's hard to really move a win total. It's like seven and a half for the Panthers. Though I'll just ask you right now, Cleve, will they win seven games or fewer this year? Well, I mean, they have a new quarterback, uh, Sam Darnold, coming in. Um, yep. Probably have to learn the system. I don't, we don't know how healthy McCaffrey is uh, coming coming back from, you know. 100%. He's ready to go. Remember, he, his knee was fine. He hurt his shoulder. He's good. He's so, ready. Oh, so, okay. So, yeah. So, I, uh, you said seven and a half? Yep. Uh, I would say five. I would say five. Wait a Be, minute. Because, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, Matt. I just want to put this out there to make sure that we're keeping it on a linear track. So, you have the Detroit Lions winning seven games. Oh, and you God. have the Carolina Panthers winning five. Matt, I'm just trying to keep not, track. <laughs> Matt, Matt, do not, do not, do not steal my free sessions from me. Hey, Cleve, I got a bet for you. Oh I'll say God, the, here I'll, we go. I'll, the Panthers will win more games than the Detroit Lions. Let's do it. What do you want? Two sessions? Uh, just do a session on this one and a session on the last one, because at this rate, you're going to be my personal trainer for free until 2035. So. <laughs> I almost had to put the disclaimer that these sessions we're talking about were personal training sessions and not some other oh, yeah, type yeah. of sessions for the listeners. Yeah, but Dave please. caught me with the the personal trainer. You'll be. I was like, okay, good, thank you. The Matty S, S Media HR team really thanks you for that. Oh man. Okay. So yeah. So and the reason the reason I say that, Cleve, that the Panthers are going to win more games than the Lions because every team is except for Houston, um, and maybe the Raiders. We'll get there next time. Um, is that so they bring in Sam Darnold who you know he has the Adam Gase thing going for him right he's away from Gase he might be good just like yeah. Ryan Tannehill Devontae Parker and Kenyon Drake yeah. and all these players once they get away from Adam Gase he, he might just be perfectly fine and he was the third overall pick he could be he could actually be good like we, we don't know he, he, I would rather have him the curse than Wentz right now well hopefully he doesn't see Ghost down there either yeah no exactly and then the other thing too is that you know we're talking about the Saints wide receivers, the Panthers they, they have Christian McCaffrey in the backfield who's better than Alvin Kamara, they have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson who are definitely better than Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway, right? And then they also drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round who's going to be their slot receiver this year. He is six foot three. He plays slot wide receiver as a true freshman. He had 30 ca- about 30 catches and six touchdowns for LSU on a team with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Wow. And now he's coming in to be their slot wide receiver. Just ripped the job from David Moore in training camp. So he's going to be there. This team's offense is way better than the Saints. The defense is terrible. <laughs> so they're going to be very fun. They're going to be a very fun team. And the only thing they could get in trouble with is if their defense is so bad that they can't 
really stay in games, but their their offense is I think they're ready to go. And I think Sam Darnold is gonna be legit. Like we're gonna be talking about him by the end of the year. Like, yeah, of course he's gonna be the quarterback of the future there. So Okay. I'm I'm rooting for the guy. I actually said that if Darnold made it on the Patriots, I wouldn't have been upset because you're going from Adam Gase to a better coaching staff. Uh, yeah. I think he gets a fair shake here. And, you know, maybe he has reached his ceiling. And if that's the case, then that's the case. But I, I can't believe that Adam Gase got the ceiling out of that guy. You know what I mean? If, any, if anything, I would say that the ceiling got brought down because yeah. Adam Gase doesn't even know how to tie his shoes, let alone be a quarterback coach. Again, talk about another guy who got overrated and got a rub from a guy who did all the work in Peyton Manning. I mean, for God's sakes. Pass <laughs> that wagon. Adam Gase can't even get the ceiling out of his ceiling. Like, literally, there's probably a hole in his roof. The rain is coming in. Mrs. Gase is pissed because he won't fix it because he has no idea how to achieve the ceiling. Like, he just lives, like, in a yurt. Like, there's just an open circle where his roof should be because he can't he can't get a ceiling. I'm, I'm very bullish on Sam Darnold. Also, Matt, real quick, can you bring up, like, their first four games? Because Darnold's going to have a good opportunity here to start to... Uh, um, show what he can do. You know, I can as long as you can do it in about seven minutes, Dave. Yes, I can. All right. Well, keep talking. Uh, you can even move on to the next team so we don't miss a beat, and I'll, uh, yeah. I'll bring up your Carolina Panthers. Okay, I appreciate that. The next team, of course, winning the division will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who last year went a fraudulent 11-5. and five. Um, <laughs> their their win their win total this year is twelve, so they're right right on pace. Didn't fall back, which makes sense because every single starter from Tampa Bay is back from from the Super Bowl team. One thing I didn't realize last year as it was happening, um, which I probably would have impacted my fraudulent take that I realize now when doing fantasy, getting ready for this year. Antonio Brown really came on at the end of the year last year. It took him a while to get going. But through like the end of the season, he was right there with Godwin and Evans for importance in the passing game. And I think he was just getting familiar with the system with Brady and all that. Mm -hmm. So I think I think that he has one more good year in him. Like yeah. this is the same thing as Julio. Like maybe he's second tier, but maybe he's just got one more go as Antonio mm -hmm. Brown. In which case, this team actually is better if they're yeah. getting Antonio Brown for um uh, for one year. The other addition they made, they added Giovanni Bernard to the backfield to play the James White role. And I think he's going to replace Leonard Fournette. And you're going to have Ronald Jones and what? Gio. Yeah, I think Fournette's done. Um, they were going to wow. cut him. They were going to cut Fournette last year heading into the playoffs. But then Ronald Jones got COVID. So they kept Fournette on the roster. And then Jones got hurt in the playoffs. And Fournette came in and like won the Super Bowl. And I had this great playoff run. I think Fournette's dust. And is he is he is it is it like his physical performance or is it like off the field outside of football stuff with him? Yeah, yeah, he's just not good at being a running back anymore. Um, mm. and so I think that I think he's going to get replaced pretty quickly by Giovanni Bernard. Is like the pass catching. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, right? yeah I was going to say right? yeah, but Ronald Jones is like the person second down and goal line back. So once Fournette doesn't have a role anymore. He's the one that's going to get phased out, right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you had Giovanni Bernard to be the new uh, to be the new James White. The only thing that can really get in the Bucks' way is Tom Brady, because at some point he is going to turn to dust. Like, you know, 
the carriage is going back to being a pumpkin at some point. He's 45 or whatever. I mean, it, it's going to happen. At some point, he isn't going to be able to do it anymore. And we're not going to see it coming. Like, he's going to be great until he needs to be great. Like like yeah. Lizzo says. Like, he, like, at some point, we're going to be like, oh, my God, Tom Brady sucks now. And it's just going to be well, out of the bliss. I think before that happens, he's going to become a game manager. Because I think he commands the presence of the offense being out there. And they could probably, Tom has enough experience to make things move around. Because again, we, we watched him coach that team through the playoffs and the Super Bowl game. Arians didn't do shit. We watched Tom Brady coach that team. So I, I, I think that you're right for the time undefeated, but I think that he's gonna, he's gonna rally those guys for one more run into the playoffs yeah. at least. And, that, and I mean, that's that's what I think as well. I'm just saying that when it happens, it's not going to be oh, yeah. a gradual decline. Like Joe Flacco had like a gradual decline into being terrible. Yeah. Like at some point, Tom Brady and Joe Flacco will be the same skill level right now. And we won't know until it happens. <clears throat> like yeah. Tom Brady is going to be great. And then he's going to be Gus Farratt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis, Ger over. Elvis Gerback. Come on. Come on. Right. Don't talk about my Elvis like that. First of all, as you two know, uh, now that now that I'll be able to go through my stuff, I might actually be able to find my Elvis Gerback signed photo that I got as a kid to bring that full circle. Um, and also, if we're talking about Super Bowl currency, Tom Brady is the Scrooge McDuck in DuckTales swimming in his currency in his money house. <laughs> Number one dime, baby. Number That's right. One dime. And also, I love that the Tampa Bay Bucks are becoming like Sonic the Hedgehog, where like the whole point is to just get rings. Like That's all that everybody's doing on that team. It's amazing. Dave, you asked me to find the Carolina Panthers schedule, and I have done that for you. And I have really good news to report. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So the Carolina Panthers start their season off, as I already said, against the New York Jets at home. That's very exciting. Then they get the New Orleans Saints at home. Also very exciting. Then they travel to your Houston Texans. Equally as exciting. And then they finally hit somewhat of a roadblock when they travel to Dallas. So I think they have a pretty good uh, chance of at least going two and two, if not three and one. Yeah. Right. That's exactly the point. Like they're going to start out hot. Darnold's going to be looking good. That game against Dallas, there might be a hundred points scored in that game. <laughs> um, uh, that game is going to be completely insane. Like four 100 yard receivers, 200 yard rushers, nine touchdowns. So, you know, something, something absolutely absurd. So yeah, it's going to be a fun time. And that's why I had the Panthers finishing second. Right, we have all these questions around the Saints. The Panthers start out with an easy schedule. Donald gets to get his feet under him. He's looking good. He's playing good. People are talking about it's a resurgence. They're blaming Adam Gase. And now, you know, here come the Panthers. Couldn't agree more. I think we are lockstep on this division, too. I think this is the Bucks division to lose. But I don't see anybody really challenging them because the division outside of the Bucks is AFC South bad, maybe, or close to it. It's not good. Yeah, it's it, it's more exciting, though. Like, yeah, it, well, yeah, it won't be boring. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I actually think that all four of these teams are quality in their own way. It's mm -hmm. just like the Saints have some individual players, and the Falcons have exciting offense, and the Panthers have this great redemption redemption story, and Christian McCaffrey, and then the Bucks are the Bucks. Like, I think they all offer some sort of value that the Texans and the Jags and even the Colts don't really offer. So, yeah, I think I think that the uh, NFC South is good, but I wouldn't be shocked if there's only one playoff team out of this division, and it's the Bucks. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, to recap, it looks like we have Dave Bucks, uh, Panthers, Saints, Falcons. Is that correct? 
That is correct. And you agree? I agree. I agree too. X gets the square. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. Yes. So, gentlemen, before we get out of here, um, is there anything else in the news of the strange or news any otherwise that you'd like to share with the fine listeners of political football? Yes. Um, there's only two two things I want to uh, say here. College football starts in earnest this weekend. And so I want to make two official predictions before the college season, before it starts. The first is that Oklahoma will win the national championship. Finally, <laughs> for the first time since 2000. Um, they're always in it. You know, they had Baker, they had Kyler, they had Jalen Hurts. They're always in and around it. This year, they're finally going to break through and they're going to win. And for the first time since Desmond Howard, a wide receiver will win the Heisman Trophy. And it will be Garrett Wilson of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Oh, man, Dave, you're making my job so hard because I'm going to have to pull this shit at some point. I have so many clips to pull. Like my queue is just getting longer and longer for hot takes and all it's this other nonsense. It is a treasure, a treasure trove. trove. All this other nonsense. Like I have enough to do and you guys are just spouting all this stuff that I'm going to have to go back and pull at some point and put it all together in a great greatest hits album that's going to be like three fucking episodes. <laughs> So I don't know why, I mean, you sound upset about having to go back and prove to the audience how great my predictions are. Oh, so, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, like like when Garrett Wilson wins the Heisman Trophy, you're like, oh, I have to go show the audience how great Dave's prediction was when he said this back before before Labor Day. You cost me a grand, good sir, because I, I I didn't bet on the fucking bucks because you said they were fraudulent, fucker. So, yeah. That was a good bet. The Packers should have beat them. It was that stupid field goal from their head coach. Remember? The, uh, yeah, we were offline talking about this, and I, I pulled my, I pulled my bet. All right, God hold on. Damn it! I'm calling it right now on tape. He will never play for the Green Bay Packers <laughs> ever again. There we and go. Bart, and Bart Starr won't play for them ever again. That's the problem. <laughs> I have to go find. I have to go find. I have to go find those things, which means I have to re-listen to the episode, which gets us listens, which ultimately oh. does work out. But I got to go out and find them, and I just love it because yeah, you just, guys are. Th- I love it. Yeah, just take a note of what episode we're on. It says this is where Cleve said Lions are going to win twenty-four games or whatever. So yeah. <laughs> we need we need to hire a producer. Anybody looking for work to call me. All right. So obviously we're at the end of the show. How do yeah. you guys? Obviously we were in a different space, a different time last year because we didn't know what covid was gonna do uh looks like we're hopefully we should have all the games again i mean if they were able to do it in the middle of a raging pandemic with no vaccinations they should be able to pull off all of these games um how do you guys feel about football season finally you know getting geared up because uh we have one more show before it's gonna be like season stuff how you guys Uh feel well, we're going to have to have two more shows before that because we have four more divisions to do. But we'll sort that out later. Um, yeah. I think that they might... So last year, they didn't actually pull it off. Remember, the Broncos had to play a game with no quarterback. Well, and I mean, the Saints had to play a game with no wide receivers. Send out the equipment guys. So, get, get somebody dressed. Yeah, yeah. So they, didn't, they played all the games, so they didn't quite pull it off. I actually think that this year, we might see a forfeit because there's going to be enough players on these teams just refusing to get this vaccine and this Delta variant is pretty okay. bad if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. So like, if you're listening to this and you're not vaccinated, please go get vaccinated like for yourself. Um, yeah. uh, 
And Kirk Cousins, if you're listening to this, please go get vaccinated. I mean, what what are you what are you been doing? Um, um so I, I think that they're gonna really struggle um with some of this this year, but we'll have like fewer individuals missing time due to COVID, but we're more likely to have whole games being canceled because of it, if that makes sense. I would rather someone trot out the equipment guy, honestly, to watch a game. <laughs> Why someone gets just dominated because they were stupid enough not to go do something that was right. And like, you know what? You're going to get killed 48 to nothing. Rightfully so, because you guys are stupid. You know what I'm saying? Versus like now my Sunday, my hard-earned money, my time to watch a game is gone because you guys have to forfeit a goddamn game. So yeah. So you know what? Try whoever you got to try it out and take your beating like a man. To be fair, Cleve, your hard-earned money is going to be uh, out because uh, Dave's going to be keeping it uh, from all these predictions that you're making that he's betting you on. No, what's, to be fair, what's going to happen? The Vikings are going to forfeit two games this year, both against the Lions, <laughs> and the Lions are going to win four games. Win exactly. four games, and the then Panthers the will win on. three. And then right the when CMC gets hurt again, and then the the Lions win four games to three, and I have to pay double for a training session. In in all seriousness, though, I said this morning. Uh, I'm just so upset and, and frustrated that we are coming up on the fall of 2021 and we're still dealing with this because a bunch of people, not all people that aren't vaccinated, but a bunch of people decided to fuck around. Um, I had to sit there the last time I saw my mom with a gown, three masks and a face shield on because, um, you know, again, people are, are fucking around. And, you know, I took my mask off to see her because, you know, she's dying. Like, who cares if she gets it? I want her to see me. But it's still we're at that place still. And I just can't believe we are still talking about it when it's something that seemingly is very easy to do. And we have the privilege, as you pointed out very poignantly, Dave, of being able to choose like menu items, which vaccine we can go get and where we can go get it. Uh, there's millions, billions of people on this earth who are not even going to get that choice ever, like ever get that choice. Yeah. And we here in America, as much as I love this country, uh, it's frustrating because we shouldn't be here in September of 2021. We should not be here. And people just want to fuck around and, and do all this stuff, uh, you know, for many different reasons. Either I'm young and healthy or, you know, my vaccine is the blood of Christ stuff. I've seen everything all across the board. And I feel like we did what we were supposed to do, the three of us and many people that we know. We kept as many people safe as we could. And I still have to worry about where I go out and whether I should take my son. And it's like, at some point, the world has got to get better. And I'm frustrated that it's not better. And as excited as I am about football season, because I just, I'm, I'm excited about it. I hate that it still has this cloud of total bullshit over it. And we shouldn't be dealing with this. Yeah, I, 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 ex I can set it better. And I think the, um, the, the, the part that, that hits home is what you said. When you see people hanging from an airplane to come here, falling off of, of an airplane, that should tell you that the, the privilege that we have. Now, the privilege in America is obviously leveled, depending on wh where you land in certain whatever demographics or whatever. But again, as a, as a society, we have so many choices. And I think that's the word here, the choices that we have and we, we don't take advantage of it. People are people are praying for things that we have, that things are the normal for us. They're praying for us. And I might sound really fucking selfish that my sports are gonna be compromised possibly again, but I'm like, you know what? 
like it's 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 one of the privileges that we have in this country to be able to enjoy. And if you if you're if you're an athlete who's getting paid millions upon millions of dollars, go go do the right thing. Jesus. I think so I, I think, think we should be afforded COVID currency, don't you? We got our vaccine. Like if they can have Super Bowl currency, we should be able to spend our COVID currency, our Fuck civic yeah, duty man. currency. Anyway, sorry, Dave. No, I was going to say that um, I think that sort of what you guys are getting at here, because we have everybody in America now, for the most part, has access to a vaccine. Um, I mean, theoretically, if not logistically, some people have to work two jobs and they can't get a day off, you know, whatever. But like we all have access to it, that it's frustrating because while the global pandemic is ongoing and that would still be the case, the local crisis of the pandemic does not need to exist in America. Like we don't need to have hospitals that are full of full of COVID patients. You know, in Mississippi, they're talking about how there's like there's no ICU beds left. In Alabama, there's like 14 pediatric ICU beds left in the entire state. This does not need to be the case right now, right? This is now a choice people are making. Where last year it was not a choice. This was something that yeah. was just happening. Now the crisis in America is chosen by Americans, and it's a crisis that we all have to endure. So the reason I'm frustrated that like this could impact the NFL is not because the NFL is the most important thing in the world or that my entertainment should come first. It's because in this country, this doesn't even have to be a worry, right? We do not need to be at a crisis level in the United States anymore. We could have this crisis done, solved, and averted if 90% of the people who could right now eligible to get vaccinated were to get vaccinated. This is a yes. crisis that we are that we are choosing, choosing to have, and that's what makes it so frustrating. Yeah. Agreed. So before we get out, how about a little good news? I think we can yeah. use a little good news. All right. Yes. So um, Mets pitcher Jacob Degrom, who had a I would dare say historic start to his season this year, but he's been on the shelf. Probably going to have Tommy John surgery just because it's almost inevitable that these guys have this. Um, he's been he's been hurt. So a fan, a little kid, made a sign that said "Get well soon." And I guess um, he had a security guard or a card or something like that. He had the security guard bring it to Jacob Degrom. While Jacob Degrom thought it was so cute and cool, they took a baseball, personally signed it to the kid, and had the security security guard take the signed ball to the kid in the stands. And uh, yeah, I just thought that was really cool. It's like he's just sitting on the bench doing nothing. He's hurt. Kid makes something. Say, hey, I hope you get well soon. Innocent coming from a kid, you know. And it's not really that difficult to do that for these guys. And I generally i am okay when they shun adults trying to get uh, autographs. But when there's kids, it doesn't take a lot of time to go out there and sign something for the kid because the kid will always remember that. And he, yeah. smartly, and he smartly personalized it, which means that that kid's parents can't hawk that thing for, like, thousands of dollars. So good on Jacob for that. But... I also want to say, um, you know, in the good news department, uh, my faith, my faith in humanity gets restored every now and again, and the amount of people that have come out and said nice things and just been supportive, uh, including the two of you with the stuff you know that I've been dealing with lately, has been uh, wonderful. And even though we're frustrated with the fact that we're choosing this this globe, you know, this pandemic locally, uh, we still have each other. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Nice, nice. Um... All right. Yeah. So well anyway, I appreciate everybody's time this week, and uh, we look forward to bringing you as many episodes as we can before the start of the season. September 9th, fellas, it's around the corner. And before we get you out of here, uh, this uh, this season of Hard Knocks is fucking boring. So we'll see you all next week, <laughs> and um, have a, have a good one, everybody. <laughs> Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice. 
and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice do not necessarily reflect the opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints of Matty Ice Media.